fuck's happening? I have zero idea what the fuck is happening. But it did happen. Was I entertained? You bet. Did I understand why? No. It was like watching... It was like watching a really good mime performance, you know? <laughs> like, you just sit there and kind of vibe, but you have no fucking clue what's going on. And, like, you're just glad that you're not being singled out for audience participation. Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a volleyball on a stick. And this week, we attempt our most experimental episode yet as we discuss the Haikyuu stage play. Before we dust off our Japanese to Italian to English dictionaries, <laughs> remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter at MortifiedPod. Layla. <laughs> so last week we promised our dear score listeners um, a fun adventure similar to our old episode that we did about the Naruto stage play uh, about the Haikyuu anime, you know, that fun volleyball show with all the good, good boys across no high. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we thought, we promised and we thought that we were going to have a delightful, uh, high energy romp uh that was completely understood by both of us. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, as it turns out, the Haikyuu stage play is not quite as widely available as the Naruto one. And we got um, what we did get. We did watch the, all of it. <laughs> There's just one small problem. <laughs> it was in two languages that we did not understand. Listen, between our love of anime and uh-huh. my... Um, you know, the Spanish minor. I think we can understand these Italian subfinals just fine. I understood Mamma Mia. <laughs> they did throw a Mamma Mia. My favorite one, personally, when it was when they were talking about um, the tiny giant, but they translated it into Piccolo Gigante. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're fucking in it now. Piccolo oh, Gigante is, is just like a giant piccolo that yeah. I will be playing for the rest of time. It's that it's one of the seasons of Dragon Ball Z that nobody likes. <laughs> yeah, Dragon Ball Z super villain, uh, super super saiyan. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so when we discovered that this was not in English um, or any of the languages that we understand, uh, Layla pitched this to me as, well, people like opera. <laughs> So this is probably a good idea. And I said, yeah, that makes sense. And then Layla revealed to me five minutes ago that, like, yeah, opera's, of course, translated into the language that the audience uh, understands. It's not translated. It is subtitled. subtitled and I only yes. just found this out after I pitched this to him like this, because I found it out, like, two days after, and I was like, I can't tell him. I can't tell him. I can't. So I kept it a secret. I kept it to myself. So apparently when you go to an opera performance... There's like a screen above the stage with subtitles of what's going on, like karaoke style. But we both watched operas. We both knew that. We just had this conversation. You said that you watched it on the Met and they would have subtitled it for you. And I've been to an opera where I remember they had subtitles and we, I'm just like, yeah, people just go to operas and they don't understand what's going on. Fucking well, moron. To be, 
to be fair, I watched a recording of an opera, so of course that was subtitled. Um, I watched uh, La Traviata and uh, Carmen, uh, and both of those were subtitled. I'm just uh, disappointed in us. (laughs) uh, You should not be... I can't feel any negative emotion in my uh, cosplay Karasuno High crop top that I'm wearing right now. As soon as we turned video chat on, Layla did, uh, was like, oh, hold on, I gotta do something. <laughs> and when she turned it back on again, uh, she had this Karasuno crop top, number 10, of course, for our favorite uh our favorite Hinata. Um, I will tell you, I was looking at buying number nine, but this is definitely just like a really, this was like a cheap, I had an Amazon gift card kind of thing and I needed a crop top to walk my dog in and I was like in my high queue, like high. So I was looking at number nine because uh, of course my boy Kageyama is my favorite because mm-hmm. he sucks a little bit and you know how I love characters that suck a little bit. Yeah, it's your thing. Um, but unfortunately the 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 nine font pissed me off like it wasn't like a jersey sports number nine that blocky it was like cursive nine i was like no not in my house so we had to go with the 10. um but in spirit i i would be wearing um maybe someday when i have a a cosplay budget i'll get a decent kagayama jersey one day donate to our patreon and that's how we're gonna get a full cosplay podcast for your ears only Tell your fucking friends that we have a podcast so they can listen to it, and then maybe someday we'll start a Patreon, and then, as Aaron and I were joking before the show, maybe we'll do, like, a small bar show in your town live, and I'll show up in my Haikyuu crop top. Yeah, and I'll show up in some various Kingdom Hearts cosplay. It'll be great. Um, Oh, yeah, the adult Walmart one. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The ones that (laughs) look awful and terrible, that one. Um, With the the paper wig, yeah. Oh, of course. Um... (sighs) So here's the thing, Layla, about how much of this did you actually understand? I understood the soul and the spirit of the performance. Mm, very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, mission accomplished, right? Like, that's what we were kind of going for. It's just, like, the the vibe, the mood. Yeah, I mean, listen, there was, like, enough crossover with French where I, like, got a little bit. Um, and then I also have watched so much anime that there are some phrases that I'm just like, oh, I know what that means. Yeah. Like when they're like, oh, deja vu, or like, hi, or like, yeah, there's some ones where it's like, oh, okay, I can, I can sort of piece this together from context. Um, and like, that was my experience too. I was like, uh, well, my Spanish and Italian don't have quite as much crossover as I like, but, um, there was one where I was like, okay, he says he's got a lot of saltar what is saltar <laughs> and then like he does it again i was like oh saltar means to jump and i was like that makes sense because hinata's whole thing is jumping super high so like he is I'd a say, little jumping bean i'd say maybe 30 30 percent understand 35 <laughs> percent yeah which which okay listen so like this is a very dance battle heavy production so like for the dance battles that wasn't a problem however there were moments where there were clearly dramatic dialogues especially as they were trying to get some of the upperclassmen back on the team which is something we know is happening because we both watched season one of the show um and what would happen is they would say something really dramatic and then like shonen battle music would start playing and i'm like golly i wish i knew what triggered the fucking battle sequence we're about to have too bad I don't know what's happening because I speak neither Italian <laughs> or <laughs> Japanese. I speak 
Russian and German. <laughs> great. I mean, that's great. Listen, we're all proud of you for being extremely multilingual. Um, unfortunately, it did not help you in this situation. Um, God, there is this one part where they're like at the restaurant and they're all sad or because like, I guess they can't get Daichi to join the team. But then like something happens. There's like an extended dialogue sequence and then the table like explodes Right? Yes. And then, like, yes. they're doing magic tricks on Hinata. <laughs> like, yes. they pull the tablecloth over him, and then they reveal him. He's, like, got a silly face on it. It's really good. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> no clue what the fuck's happening. I have zero idea what the fuck is happening. But it did happen. Was I entertained? You bet. Did I understand why? No. It was like watching... It was like watching a really good mime performance, you know? <laughs> like, you just sit there and kind of vibe, but you've no fucking clue what's going on. And, like, you're just glad that you're not being singled out for audience participation. Some people did get singled out for audience participation, which was unfortunate for them. <laughs> yeah, thank God it wasn't, like, an American tourist, because that would have been... Because, like, okay, you know that some, like, good old-fashioned American weebs go to this shit, right? So, oh, like, for they sure. gotta ham it up. So that the Americans can kind of understand, even though they can't, like, understand. So thankfully, the performance performers were, like, like really hamming it up. They looked like they were having a great fucking time. It was the most, like, anime, like, the live action I've ever seen. Like, we talked about, you know, Full Metal Alchemist a couple weeks ago. And, like, the energy was completely different. I think if, if, if the FMA Brotherhood... Um, live-action show had brought that kind of same energy, just, like, complete, you know, um, melodrama that the way that these people did. I think it would have just, like, sold it so much better. Yeah, oh my god. That's actually a really good point, because I think there were parts of the FMA live-action live where, like, they did kind of buy into the, the anime melodrama. Like, the actor who played Edward was in it to win it, babe. B. He was there. He had his full, like, big head swings. He had his big boy anime voice. It was great. I loved him very much. But the guy who played Mustang thought he was in, like, a serious movie. And I was like, no. No, you can't pull this fucking Shakespearean actor shit. Like, I don't care where you went to school. Like, you just have to chew the scenery constantly. That's the kind of medium you're in, dude. You have to ham it up so fucking hard. I'm gonna make you watch the Death Note movie for Halloween. Please, you're gonna watch it. Please it's, don't do this to me. No, you're watching it. I Anne's just watched it, which means now you have to. Um, how does that make it that you have to? It just does. It's yeah, just how Halloween. come? Because someone else has <laughs> suffered. Now I have to suffer more. Yeah. Well, listen. That's how my friend groups work. You have to. We all. We're all in this together we have so, maybe um, we should watch high school musical for our next <gasps> one <laughs> that would be so much fun actually i uh, high school musical was delightful um but yeah so that was the problem with the death note movie too is like some of these actors were like we're in a serious like morality tale and then just the guy who plays l and the guy who plays ryuk are having the greatest fucking time of all and um they are the only people that make that film enjoyable, much like uh, in Full Metal Alchemist, like very select actors made this enjoyable. Everyone in this stage play, every fucking one of them was in it to win it. And I appreciate that fucking energy. I mean, I think they had to be right. Just the fact that it was all so reliant on choreography alone, like they had to 100% put everything into it. Um, like, 
you obviously you can't play actual volleyball on a stage. Um, as much as I would love to see that, they had to simulate some aspects of it. That's why. Well, uh, you could, but it would be very boring. Uh, I yeah, I guess that's true. Um, they they dramatized it in a way that I thought was really interesting, and the way that sort of played on Haikyuu's you know, the things that make Haikyuu fun. Like, I don't care about real-life volleyball. Uh, until I until I watched Haikyuu, I didn't care. Um, because, like, Haikyuu brings that human drama and, like, that, you know, that anime intensity and, and emotional, like, highs and lows. And they were able to convey that in a way just because of, like, the, the dance battles <laughs> were very frenetic. I think the choreography was very impressive. As somebody who does not care for dance at all, I thought it was pretty cool. Just, like, you know, the the ways that they, which they like had to cross over and kept flying over and doing all these coordinated jumps to simulate spikes and serves and stuff. Yeah. I mean, okay. So let's, let's clear it up for our, our listeners because um, you can find clips of this, by the way, on YouTube, it is super worthwhile, but let's just clear up. Like this happens like on a regular size, like theater stage and um, nets are optional. It really depends on what moment in the story you're in. There are sometimes not even nets. Sometimes it's literally just a dance battle. Um, and then sometimes for dramatic effect or to like shift the perspective, there will be two dudes in like white costumes on either side, just lowering and raising the net when necessary. Sometimes the volleyball is either, Aaron suspects remote controlled. Sometimes it's actually being thrown. Sometimes it's being passed along by the people in white. And then sometimes there's a dude who walks in with a volleyball on a stick and runs it back and forth. If the, the volleyball, like, choreo itself needs to be coordinated um and it is just such a delight to watch because like again it's a stage they're not marking it up if the if the court is shifting there's no way you can mark up a stage in a static way so what do they do they use lighting to simulate a ball approaching and departing if there's no ball involved in the volleyball like the shadow will just get smaller kageyama will bounce it back and then the shadow will get bigger again extremely cool sometimes the good boys are running and to simulate them going a greater distance than they actually are there will be just like flashing stripes of light uh going across them to like simulate the lines of the court extremely cool shit oh it looked great i mean you're you're the artist you probably have a better uh understanding and appreciation for the ways in which they used that perspective but just as a lay person i thought it was really sick all the ways that the the shadow like got really small and then like when the actor would do the jump serve it would get like really big um and then i think also a thing that you pointed out in your notes was that the way that they use that back projection to simulate manga panels um but also like still had like live video or pre-recorded video that sort of simulated the actors faces in that moment i think it really brought it together and made it like a very impressive visual spectacle yes like sometimes they would literally have like manga speech bubbles in the background or like use like almost moving panels did you ever watch newsies when it was on broadway or when it was touring i've seen the movie that's about it okay no offense to the fantastic actors that are in that show or the production crew, but it's not a good show. Um, I saw it live in Rochester in 2016, and I did not have a good time. Um, they tried to do the projection screen thing, but it was not used well, um, which kind of turned me off of the idea of it for a really long time. But... Like, this is how you do it. If you're going to do it, this is how you do it. There's this one moment. Um, 
I like the part in your notes where you, I think, I think you likened it to, or you pointed out that there was like a lot of romantic tension between the actor who plays Kageyama and the actor who plays Hinata. And all I could think about was Kingdom Hearts and like Riku and Sora because Kageyama starts having this like mental breakdown on the court almost. And like they use the projection screen so that when Hinata reaches for him, like glass shatters and there's this like white light, almost like the tutorial level of Kingdom Hearts and they like reach for each other. I'm like the fucking melodrama of this is just so incredible. Like what a great way to use a medium. It's, it's interesting, right? I don't want to read homosexuality into a piece where it is not actually represented. Um, unless you, you know, you wrote it gay, in which case you can read Layla's essay about that. But like there, there are instances, and I think that's just a byproduct of the fact that this medium has to be this high energy and very, very dramatic and and hammed up. That like they get their faces very close to each other, and there's a lot of dramatic uh, shouting dialogue. And like, I mean, again with the Nishinoya and Asahi, right? There's a lot of like, you know, ah, oh, how could you do this, my friend? And like, ah, oh, I'm not going to do this without you. And like the whole, you know, th- there is an instance where, you know. Uh, I think Kageyama and one character that I had to look up because I was like, I don't remember him in Haikyuu. And then I looked up his name. I think it's Inoshida. And I was like, I don't know who this man is. Um, oh, like, Inoshida shines in like season three or I gotta, some shit. I got to get to the later seasons. But um, yeah. they, they, they get their faces really close together. And like, it looks like they're going to kiss. And like, you know, I don't know what the the framing and is supposed to convey in that, but I do think it's it's interesting the ways in which they heighten the romantic tension between everyone. Maybe it's because we couldn't understand the dialogue, but it did look extremely horny. Well, I think one of my later notes was like there's something about it being in Italian. And there's one point where Kageyama's like narrating what what Hinata's doing. I'm like he's narrating an interpretive dance in Italian, which is just <laughs> kind of. Inherently romantic. No, I feel you though. Like Haikyuu is one of those. Um, it's one of those franchises where, like, I don't really concern myself with quote unquote shipping, partially because they're like high schoolers, and partially because it's just like a fun friend story. But um, listen, I have female friends, and sometimes we get a little homoerotic, and I think it's okay to make fun of that. That's fair. Um, we get a little. We get a little I, I, straight female friends. I mean, I'm. I'm a. a queer person so you know there are times i can't say i flirt with women i freeze up around women but like you know there are there's potential for romantic interaction there but like with my friends it's just friendly but sometimes we do get a little up in each other's faces for fun um but so yeah no i'm right there with you i think it's it's um you know not to not to read it's just funny it's the way they frame it is very melodramatic and very funny and it makes me laugh and that kind of helped me through the not knowing what the fuck was going on yeah i mean there were definitely parts where the fact that we didn't understand what was happening kind of definitely hurt our experience like i feel like the alba joyside game in particular just dragged on like this was a two-hour production and i think the alba joyside game took up like at least 40 minutes of it and like you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's because they had a lot of narrative stuff to get through, but there were parts of it where I was like, I just don't know. I, I mean, they're trying to convey Hinata and Kageyama's, like, you know, coordination and working together and sort of figuring, figuring out, you know, the team growing together and becoming stronger. But there was a lot of dialogue that I was just like, man, they're really really doing some stuff. And then also they added the Asahi Noya arc right there, like, 30 minutes before the show ended, and I was like, I don't, 
I don't know. Like, narratively, I don't think that's a good choice, but, like, it also has to take into account the meta-narrative, which is that if you're going to the high-Q stage play, you probably know what the fuck's going on, so you probably don't care about, you know, introducing important characters in Act 3. Yeah, no, for real. It's, um, it's a... It- I was thinking about this too, and you also have to consider that this is not the only Haikyuu stage play. Like there are, they, it follows the whole series. Like they they have one for for the rest of the series. So like it doesn't matter that this isn't like a complete three step narrative arc because they're really just tracking the show, um, and so that was fine. But I agree with you. There are some parts that drag, which is funny because there is a game in one of the later seasons. I think it is an Alba Josai game. It goes on for three or four or five episodes. Like it is, it eats a good chunk of the season, but it doesn't feel like it does. And I'm betting just a hunch, but that was because I knew what they were saying in the dialogue. Yeah. When they were talking. Anime is a medium in which there's a lot of internal monologuing and like the, the, the plays that happen that would probably take like five seconds in real life can take, you know, between two and three minutes because people are like, Oh no, let me have a flashback to the time that I couldn't spike over the walls of date tech. And then my friend got mad at me. And then I had to drop out of the high school volleyball club for a month. And like that all happens in the space of like, you know, five seconds, you know, we, we, I don't think we're going to be super critical of the fact that sometimes we just didn't know what's going on and that's okay. Well, it's like D&D, right? Because each turn in combat is six seconds, but, like, is it really? Yeah, sometimes it's it's just, like, (laughs) I'm going to have a whole dialogue to myself. It's not, you got to figure shit out with the DM, you got to figure out which dice to roll, there's things that happen, the antagonist has to say something, like, it's it's truly, like, the, the melodrama, it just, it gets milked. Yeah. I think that's that's an important thing. I've been watching a lot of like YouTube videos and also unfortunately the Marvel movies um that talk about cinema and um like there there is a way to be like okay, you know, obviously stuff like this wouldn't happen in real life like oh, if all these th- superheroes were fighting Thanos, like they would of course kick his ass because of these powers, but like that's not really the point, right? We have to be so careful when we nitpick media um and like it, I think that, especially for you know people like us who care more about narrative than anything else, I think that is important. That that narrative is more important than like, you know, necessarily like oh who whose character like who cares uh, abilities like in Haikyuu, you know who who's would actually be able to spike better or jump higher. Like the point is not necessarily to represent a character accurately; it's to weave an important story. Um, so I, I think that this show accomplished that. Well, it's either to weave an important story or get 900 episodes in and just keep leveling up your protagonist until he's kind of a god fox. Uh, what is that? What is that a reference to? What is the forbidden reference on the show? okay, yeah. Listen, that show doesn't have 900 episodes. It has three different shows, each with 400 episodes. There's a difference. If you want to talk about 900 episodes, you gotta go to One Piece. That's true. That's another, you know, keep leveling up your protagonist and see what happens. Uh, I similar story, mm-hmm. though I think only 200 episodes? I don't know. I feel like Dragon Ball Z probably got to Cindy, so yeah, probably probably 100 to Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, season yeah. 4 no. is like 40 episodes, so definitely. <sighs> or season, season 1 is like 40 episodes. Anyway, yeah, no, it is. It's more important to weave the story, right? And um, I think sometimes people who do, like, quote-unquote media analysis kind of forget 
that and get lost in uh, technicalities, um, which I do too, but usually when I get lost in the technicalities, I do it because I'm already bored of the thing I'm watching and the story didn't work on me, so I'm yeah. like, That's you know, scary. whatever, but Haikyuu works on me, you know? Even when I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, I love seeing that little boy jump. I love seeing all those, like, dudes in white come out and lift him up for the really, really high jumps. I thought that was delightful. Yeah, um the, the sage play stuff really did enhance the experience like ugh. right even though you don't know what's happening during the alba josai game you're like where the fuck's oikawa i know he's coming on and then when he comes on you're like this motherfucker and the way that they they introduced him was like with a fucking like k-pop style entrance like they had the like shadows come behind him and then like he was literally like blowing kisses to the audience and like uh, the the projection changed, so he was doing his jump serve like super cool, like that was really really good. <laughs> well, when Alba Joyce gets introduced like as a concept, they get this like K-pop ass entrance too. Like they appear in blue light in the background, all standing like the Backstreet Boys. It's incredible. Like it's really good. <laughs> it kicks ass. Um, there 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 are a lot of really good points. Uh. Like, there's a part where, like, when, when Hinata first meets Kagayama, Kagayama is literally wearing a crown and a cape, like, on stage in costume, and then, like, seconds later, it's it's discarded, but, like, their willingness to commit to that imagery is so fun. So good! And also, something we talked about uh, in the Naruto Shippuden stage spectacular was these shows have openings. They have anime openings. This one was fucking incredible. Like, it's all the teams on at once talking about volleyball. And I was like, I got chills. I was like, damn, volleyball is really important. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. This is awesome. This is great. Haikyuu, volleyball. Those are the two words I understood. So, um, (laughs) but, uh, like, truly, they bought in. The production bought in. The actors bought in. And so, like, even though we were like, what's going on? It was still, like, fun to watch 82% of the time. Yeah, honestly, that's that's all you can ask for. If you are doing something where you're having fun and everyone's just high energy and you can convey an emotion and a, and a mood, even without language, like, that's, that's impressive in its own right. Clearly, we were not the audience for either the stage play or the translation, but we still were able to enjoy it, so <laughs> that's something. That is, that is truly something. And, like, again, it's, it's a matter of also, like, picking your source material really wisely, right? So, like, Naruto, excellent source material, because Naruto is an idiot and very melodramatic. You can, you can do a lot of cool shit with it. Uh, Haikyuu, great source material. I would love to see a Dragon Ball Z stage play. That's got to exist, right? That's got to exist. All right, to Google. <clears throat> Google! I love our mid-show Googles. They it's, really... It's important. Dragon. Ball. I have a mechanical keyboard. You can hear me typing. That's how you know it's really happening. Did you ever watch the American film adaptation of Dragon Ball Z? Oh, the really bad one? Yeah. Yes, I watched it with yeah. my roommate in college. It was fucked up. It was really bad, yeah. I watched it in theaters. Oh, <gasps> no. Dragon Ball Kai Super Battle Stage? Oh, Christ. Of course. Of course there is. Uh, it looks... There are... Ooh. Uh-oh. Is that a good noise? 
No, so then, um, oh no. I... <laughs> this sounds like it's about to be a milkshake super saiyan. <laughs> um, here's the thing. They appear to be in, like, Disneyland style anime blow-up costumes. So they're not, like, actors. Oh. They look like they're anime people. Let me drop some pictures oh, in the chat for no. you. <laughs> um, so... There's Vegeta. Um, <gasps> wow. Bulma. I thought this was a GameCube PNG for a second. <laughs> um... Oh no, that's Bulma, and she cannot blink. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Wait, hold on. Really good one coming up. Um, yeah. <gasps> really? So... <laughs> oh my so god, if... you can see the styrofoam falling out of him. <laughs> so apparently Dragon Ball Kai Super Battle Stage was played as a part of set of three. <laughs> Separate live action battle shows. The three great heroes super battle stage held in Greenland Amusement Greenland Amusement Green Park. The three shows ran from March 13th to June 2010, with each show running approximately 30 minutes. Of the three battle shows, Dragon Ball Kai Super Battle Stage was the only anime series depicted, as the other two were Tokusatsu series, according to uh, DragonBall.fandom.com. Well. I guess it just goes to show you that if you have a popular shonen adaptation, eventually it will become a musical. Oh, but, oh god, if this was a musical, Christ. Uh, uh, the Kamehameha would have to be like a duet, like a big ballad. That would be wild. I would love that. Layla, what what is something that we what is something that is not an anime that you'd like you would like to be converted into a, a similar stage projection play? Similar stage for Joe. Like so, that's... it's not technically a musical because there there is you know dancing and 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 choreography, but not a whole lot of singing. Right, The Witcher. The Netflix is The Witcher. Wow. I want I want a stage projection <sighs> adaptation of a TV show adaptation of a game adaptation of a book. That's wow, this is yeah. like an onion with so many layers. Um, yeah. Well, listen, it's just. I mostly want to see somebody with Henry Cavill thighs on stage. Okay, alright, bonk. <laughs> Get out of here. It's <laughs> <sighs> only one reason to watch that. What about you? Do you have a, a, a less horny pick, I guess? Uh, I mean, my, my instinct was Kipo. Um, Kipo would be so fun. Yeah. Brad Seacrest, get on this. I feel like Kipo might work better just as a straight up musical though, because you do need big props. I do want, I do want like a big paper mache, uh, mega Jaguar. So. Oh, that would be fun. Or like in BNA, that big machine. Yeah. Like the big White wolf, wolf thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Oh God. Media is good. I don't know if you, we've talked about this, but consuming media that is meant for entertainment. That's fun. Yeah, it's really fun to, like, have fun watching something. I know this is new. Yeah. A new concept. Do people not know about media? I don't... Like, music and, and like, so. plays and video games? Like, people should do that more, I think. I, I agree. I think it's great and neat and sometimes makes you feel things. And it doesn't always have to be rage. Sometimes you could just have a laugh with your buddies. 
yeah, we should perhaps tell more people about media. Uh, we should start a podcast. Mm, what if we made this podcast into a stage <laughs> play? <laughs> okay, that would be fucking hilarious. But also, if you tell your friends this podcast <laughs> exists, maybe someday we can do a projection show live in your town, which is a dream of mine. Please let me perform. That would be uh, extremely good. Um, I don't know who would play me, but they would have to be me with my longest hair possible, which is just like a small little cushion. A huge <laughs> a huge hair poof. I would love that for my actor. Well, didn't didn't you say on Twitter that like if Dev Patel wanted to commit to some floofiness? Yes, if Dev Patel I know he's got a whole like a very good mane going on, but if he wants to go vertical instead of horizontal, <laughs> like we can work something out, man. Hit me up. Yeah, if you're like a young Gentile Fran Drescher. That's I just need like someone who can really portray some casual melodrama, and then I think we'll be a go. Excellent, great. This is good. Yeah, all of our this marketing is, is really paying off. Uh, we'll be seeing dividends in no time. Cannot yeah, wait absolutely. to tell everybody about the stage play of the podcast where we rec- <laughs> where we review <laughs> stage plays. This is gonna be good. Yeah, it has to be a stage play of our review of the Naruto Shippuden uh, stage for Tagalog. <laughs> it's just two people sitting at laptops and occasionally going, what? While the actual Naruto Shippuden stage, stage play is, is projected in, in the background. <laughs> yes, of course. Fuck, we're good at this. <laughs> Some media company give us $12 million. We'll make the greatest thing you've ever seen. Holy shit. <laughs> It'll sell so hard to like the nichest... <laughs> possible audience and you know what that's how you do it in a, in a media saturation market that's right you go for quality of fan not for quantity of fan uh and we all know that you out there listening are the highest quality of fans so we certainly oh the highest so we definitely appreciate uh you all indulging us on this one i don't think unfortunately we didn't understand most of the dialogue so we can't dig into that but i think we had a good time talking about it so we're gonna probably call this one a little bit early this one's a loose one. And you know what? That's okay. I think it's okay for us to be a little loose sometimes. Uh, it's our one-year podcast anniversary, So if anything, we've learned that we will fucking show up on Sunday. We will hop on Discord and we will talk for at least 30 minutes, which was uh, admittedly our goal today. And guess what? We reached it. Fucking crushed it. We're professional podcasters. McElroy's come at us. Come at us. Congratulations on your new baby, Griffin. Yeah, Aaron, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at AaronSXL. You can listen to the other podcast I do at The Bible Boys. We just released an episode about Heaven is for Real, which is one of my favorites that we've ever done. Uh, and we are about to record an episode about the 2019 documentary Hail Satan. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one, I'm sure. All of you uh, budding Satanists out there would love to listen to that. Uh, Layla, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. I'm currently uh, moving, so the socials are a little quiet, um, but tune in in, like, May when I'm back to doing stuff. Definitely, definitely do that. Um, Our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko. From the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit of Volume 2. Find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, what are we gonna do for this closer? Mamma mia! <laughs> Ain't that the truth? We'll see you all next week. <laughs> Bye!
god. 35 minutes. 